The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Discussion Topic Wednesdays, right here on the Two Point Conversation. I am Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and I am joined by Mr. Brian Finch. Hello. And live via the mobile command unit, uh, the mobile podcasting command unit, Mr. Derek Jaws. Jaws, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'll tell you, boys, I am so close to bringing this, this motherfucker with a microphone and a soundboard for me to do this all the time. I mobile podcasting. It's a thing. Put it on the board. Could be. I mean, we got food trucks. There's uh, I have a friend who owns his own video game truck, like trailer. Yeah. What about a mobile podcasting thing? Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I have a dream about retrofitting like a short school bus to do that. Like I need I need five seats. I need four for hosts, one for a producer who can also be a host, and we're good to go. And I'm in. I want it. And a drive. Well, the buses are allowed, though. Are you just, just going to park it? Oh, well, yeah. So, like, you could you could do it on the actual trip, depending upon, you know, like, if you did, like, a van instead of a bus. But, yeah. you know, the, the bus for, like, you know, you drive to a location and, like, you you know you can have like people can rent it instead of going to a studio the studio comes to you that's smart that's not a bad idea i'd want to do a monorail yeah. a podcasting monorail <laughs> that'd be awesome right monorail. just get a dri- drive in circles to predetermined destinations while podcasting <laughs> uh not to be the debbie downer but you won't be the first to do it cuz that's how steve does his podcast oh i know but I want to do it in Buffalo. Well, yeah, you can have the Western New York version. Yeah, Buffalo, New York. But we don't have weather. We have malaria. Uh, <laughs> it's hot. It's cold. It's wet. It's dry. And my balls can't handle it anymore. <laughs> uh, celebrities of rune podcasting. <laughs> I hate it. Um, <laughs> just kind of. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. What? No. Go ahead. Say. It. No. I heard the balls thing. No, well, I was going to say it sounded like the aging of a female genitalia. It starts out, it's hot and it's cold. And, oh. And it's wet and it's dry. And now everyone just turned off the podcast. So. Probably. Probably. Nice going. Nice, nice, nice going. I'm, I walk it up to the ledge. It's your job to kick it off. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. We have plenty to discuss for this week's episode. Of course, five topics as per usual. Uh, Jaws, as always, we'll start off with you, buddy. Your week six takeaways. Oh, boys and girls, let's get ready to jump on the suck train. Thursday night football sucks. Denver in primetime sucks. Why do I have to keep watching Denver in primetime? What, like four out of six weeks? Why? Why, why, why? Because someone bought Russ's cooking and now we're all dying. It's the poison Kool-Aid. Get him off my primetime bullshit. Thursday night football. You've had one good game this year. Amazon paid all that money 
to watch two teams, like to watch four teams kick fuck each other to 12 to nine games. Awesome. Great. I love it. It sucks. You suck. Find a better way to do the schedule. Karma doesn't suck. You know why? Because they are kick fucking Miami, biting Miami in the ass because of all their bullshit. They have gotten their asses kicked for three weeks and are now third in the AFC East. You won your Super Bowl by beating Buffalo when you needed 9,000 acts of God for it to even be possible. And now you're third in the division and someone else is right on your ass. Oh, and speaking of uh, McDaniel, that dude's a clown. Ronald McDonald called. He wants his shtick back, bro. Stop robbing people's gimmicks, you fucking clown. All the bullshit with Tua, all the, everything that you did with Miami the last few weeks and the epitome of it is you come out on Wednesday and say, I'm proud of my boys. They're getting rid of the ping pong table. They're focusing more on football. And your stud receiver that you're paying millions, and Jaws means millions of dollars to catch three to four balls a game right now, comes out publicly and says, we didn't throw it out, or we didn't get rid of it. We threw the old one out because it was broken and warped. We're getting a new one with our logo on it delivered next week. <laughs> Your team is clowning you to the public. Like, like you hit, this dude's got to be on the hot seat, right? Like, he's got to be getting to the hot seat. No. Because this is just comical as shit. It's like, this is so dysfunctional sounding from the handling of the Tua situation and the three weeks since then. Like, it, uh, I understand injuries and stuff, but you brought in Teddy Bridgewater. So if Tua got hurt, you had a guy. Then, because you mishandled the Tua situation so damn bad, Teddy Bridgewater has to sit out part of a game because he's the first one to get clipped by the Tua rule in the new concussion protocols. Like, and then you come out and now your team is clouding you to the media, being like, yeah, he has no clue what's going on in the locker room. You're a joke. You're a clown. The circus is in town in Miami for at least the rest of the season. I have feelings on this. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> it feels personal. I don't know. I just uh I think he handled that very uh even handed. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, even handed, shitty on both hands. Great. That's even. <laughs> I'm with him. I'm with him on I you know, but I said I I was the first to hop on the this guy's a little much for me. I'm not saying that he's a full-on clown and everything comes out of his mouth is utter nonsense, but it's like, all right, I get it. You're trying to separate yourself from where you were. So, yeah, I guess that's part of my week six takeaway too, which is he, he had to make it even awkward on this one of his last press conferences before the game, which is, hey, I got an idea. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. It's like, all right, but you didn't have to be like that. Like I get it. Coach I love that though. No, I hate the media. I hate the media and and, and stupid just uh just but it's some it's of the questions that they pick at. But it's a narrative that they what he was mad about and why I didn't want to move on from was a narrative that he created. He is part of it. Him, the 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 spotter, everybody involved with the two a concussion, they all created the narrative that the media is still wanting to talk about. Cause guess what? You're under your backups, backups quarterback. And now you know that you're going to lose. So why bother talking about the Vikings? You know what I mean? It's like the game was a loss. Well, he can't come out and say that. I know, but you don't do that. You don't, it more if he did. No, he, you don't well, do that as an NFL coach. I know you guys like, would. 
you two would have because you guys hate the Dolphins because they beat you. Um, <laughs> you just sour grapes. But no, you just you can't come out and be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to lose. So let's not talk about the Vikings. I said I didn't like him back in like April or something like that. I'm like this dude's kind of goofballs and I don't need goofballs <laughs> I, somewhere in the middle between uh, Belichick and then uh, Campbell and then McDaniel, like, I want a guy like a blend of those three. Just, like, blend them together so it's all not all one bag. It's not one guy pounding his chest, crying every other game, or another guy that's completely lacking of emotion in Belichick, which is gross to watch because it feels like watching a robot trying to act like a human. It's odd. And then McDaniel, which is the other guy, which is, hey, I'm going to be kind of the goofy one. I'm going to crack jokes and stuff. And, I don't know, find somewhere in the middle. Mostly because I don't even... You're right, Matt. But I don't like the media either. So I don't it's know terrible. why. It's the worst. Um, yeah, concussions. Else- I wanted to bring up concussions because they continue to be a problem. There were some non-quarterback concussions that were not spotted this week, I think. Like the tool concussion rule now, which is, hey, if this guy smacks his head and he gets up a little woozy, he's supposed to get pulled. Well, does that only work for quarterbacks? Because I watched a, I watched Kelsey do it in, in the Bills game. I watched another game earlier in the week, which I don't remember who it was. It was an offensive lineman who did it. It was, a, I think it was a tackle, maybe in the Thursday night game. He smacks his head and gets up all woozy, and you don't pull him. I just want it to be fair. Like, what happened with Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know if it was right. I don't know if it was fair. I don't know if they're going to do it going forward. You know what I mean? It, and the sky judge thing. I have an issue with the sky judge thing. There's too much non in the open conversations going on with these refs. There's a guy that we hear nothing from. Now, if you use the example of the, was it the, uh, a, hmm, ASF, uh, a, what was the last one? Not XFL. The one that USFL. Yeah. Not the one in the eighties. The one that anyways, the one that no, they just, just had one in the USFL. They just, we just got through a oh, season. We did it. Yeah. Cool. Them. So they like started this whole sky judge thing and you would hear, his communication, which I thought was awesome. It's transparent. Like out in the open, we all get to hear it. You constantly watch refs discuss stuff with somebody. They're not even talking They're you know, they're not talking to fellow refs on the field. They're talking to someone in New York or whatever, and you don't get to hear any of it. Right. So I, le- I would like to see that address. So yeah, I'm heavy on the refs. Just <laughs> they're bad. Still, these refs are bad. They're that, very bad. That Monday night game. Oh my God. You knew everyone was going to be pissed off because they had to watch the Broncos again. And then you had thrown all those flags on top of it. <laughs> I wish you would have made an announcement at the beginning of the game. Uh, no flags. We're trying to get through this as fast as possible. Let's go. It's a no disqualification football game. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. How awesome would that have been? Guys, we get it. Um, we're just going to get through it. We'll, yeah. we'll do this together. We're just going to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, big big time sick of uh of Broncos in prime time. It's it's a little excessive. Uh the the Russell Wilson stuff is just I'm I'm relishing in it. I, I am. I mean I'm sure he's a good he might be a good person at heart, but his little act in front of the camera uh can't can't take it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Russ finally didn't say Broncos country let's ride at the end of his press conference. Uh tired of it. And yeah, the Broncos are Big time bad. Apparently, I, I, this is another thing I love too. Every time there's a there's a heavy criticism towards somebody getting uh, 
not playing well. All of a sudden, they have an injury. It's weird. They did it again. Last week, it was the shoulder. This week, it was a hamstring issue uh, with Russell Wilson. Uh, Yeah, again, like I said, with the shoulder issue, hamstring issues don't affect decision-making. Russell Wilson is missing uh, the layups. All right. I, I've seen footage. You just dude, just wide open, just trying to just move the ball, get a completion, build some confidence. And this dude's not even looking at wide open players. It's, it's sad. It's really, it's, it's hard to watch. Russ is cooked. Um, yeah. If you smell what the Russ is cooking, it's, it's not good. It's not very good. Uh, looking through some of the other slates, you know, the bills chiefs game was, you know, uh, who would have thought the under would have uh, would would have won that one? I actually like that it was that that close and not just some insane shootout, out of control shootout, kind of like the AFC divisional round game was last year. I'll be glad that they brought more defense, uh, you know, a, a little bit more of a defensive effort for this uh, for this last encounter. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game. Uh, Cardinals are struggling. We're gonna see what D Hop brings to this team. Uh, Cardinals are what? Cardinals, Cardinals are, are what? They're bad. They're they what? They're bad. They suck. Cardinals suck. They do. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. They, they do. Win this week, though? No, they didn't. They lost to uh, Geno Smith. Beat him up. Oh, Nineteen to nine. Still hasn't written back. Uh, do you like uh, steak sauce? By the way, that just want to know what's going to be you're going to be ordering if you're going to have steak sauce or not. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> on our bet. Oh. Every week our, our bet gets worse and worse for me. I mean, it's probably pretty bad for me though, too. I do gotta I, I do gotta sit down and go through it, but I do like steak sauce. A little side of mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. uh <laughs> Vikings, man, really excited for them. I think they're five and one right now, and they're looking really, really good in, in, in both sides of the ball. So hoping that that uh keeps going. Packers. Packers are in trouble. A lot of teams in trouble, honestly. Packers are I don't think I don't even know if the Packers make the playoffs this year. I don't think so right now. They might squeak in because the NFC is kind of weird and well, actually, I wouldn't even say the NFC is like weird and wonky. Because the NFC East is doing pretty good outside of Washington. Um Green Bay might sneak in, but I don't think that they're gonna win the division. I don't think that right now. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime makes me, uh, I know I canceled mine, uh, you know, quite some time ago, but I almost want to get it again so I can cancel it again because this Thursday night football is dog shit. This week, though, Saints and Cardinals, that's fun. Maybe. <laughs> Let me sell tickets to that premiere. They I did think, announce what the the Black Friday game they announced today. They did, yeah. Next year, uh, next year they're going to do a Black Friday game. So that's cool. Thank God we're not covering that. <laughs> yeah, I want nothing to do with that. It'll be, it'll be like, Broncos. it'll be like the Texans and the Broncos or something <laughs> like that. Just some awful fucking football game. What are they playing that one at like five a.m. <laughs> that'd be sweet i would, would i would oh that'd be awesome let's 5 a.m football on a friday let's fucking do it Ooh, i like that 5 a.m friday football 
I'm all, I'm all, I'm all the way here for it. Um, oh God. Okay. But yeah, that's kind of my like stuff. Like Ravens are kind of bad, bad right now. Uh, yeah, I just simply put, I'm tired of the Broncos. I try to be excited for them. I uh, just, just, just stop, just stop. Like let's start flexing games out of prime time right now. For the love of God, please. No more. Uh, all right. Discussion topic number two. Brian, we'll start off with you for this one. The Atlanta Falcons keeping things very, very interesting this year. Uh, right now, they currently sit at three and three. They're a half game back in their own division. Uh, but they're making, they're getting wins over legitimate football teams. All right. And they're staying ultra competitive uh, with others. Can the Falcons take advantage of all the dysfunction going on in Tampa Bay right now and find a way to win the division? Uh, and how long do you think this can keep up for? Uh, yeah, I mean, it ter- quickly turns into a conversation about what do we think of Marcus Mariota? Do we think that he's going to continue to protect the ball and limit turnovers? Because fumbling's always been an issue for his career. Yeah. I hope so. I uh, I think I don't like their offense at times though. Like I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop where like, I think they're outperforming some of what their coach is good at. Um, (laughs) I think it's Marcus Mariota's ability to create plays on his, with his feet and, you know, extend plays and stuff like that. You obviously have some dynamic guys with uh, London and Pitts and Patterson when they gets back. So, I think they have good players on that side of the ball. I still have questions about that secondary. And when they go up against elite passing attack, which good thing for them, you can't say the saints have that. You can't say the bucks have that right now, right now today. Yeah. I don't know. Hang around that nine win mark and see if you get in. Maybe, you know, they're three and three and they've had some stinkers. But they also played well as of late. Have they really, though, had some sting? I mean, I'd have to look at their schedule um, so far this year. But they lost the Rams really close, right? They almost beat the Rams. Uh, they lost the, the the Bucks on some bullshit. That one, yeah, that's not a stinker. You know what I mean? The Rams one was pretty close, too. Let's let's see what else the Falcons have, uh, have endured. Um... Oh, they beat the Browns. That was week four. Let's see where they at week three. Beat the Seahawks. Which might turn into a quality one. Yeah, they lost. The, they lost. That's true. They lost the Rams by four in week two. And I think they got spanked in week one. No, they lost by one point against the Saints in week one. They're really not out of it. They're, they're Detroit last year, except they're actually winning games. Yeah. All right, I'm excited for Atlanta. We wrote them off. All right, I think all of us wrote them off. We thought they were going to be really, really garbage this year. This team is fun. Um, it, again, it's it's where I thought Detroit was going to be. Um, fun in winning games. Atlanta's kind of taken that with a bunch of nobodies. I'm sorry. There's there's okay. That's harsh. But as far as name value guys, yeah, there's not like. Atlanta Falcons getting Kyle Pitts. Kyle yep. Pitts has been dog shit all this year. All right? I think he had a decent game this past week, but Kyle Pitts has been – I've seen him being dropped in certain fantasy leagues. Uh, 
Atlanta's doing it, and I, I, I like how they're doing it. They're, it it's that team, right? It's a, it's a team. There's no superstar. There's nobody above the team right now. Marcus Mariota is pay, playing his heart out uh, in, in some of these other pieces. I mean, they've had Cordero Patterson's been injured the last couple weeks, and they're still going out and putting, you know, winning games. Yeah, I don't know where San Francisco sits, but I think for the the Falcons to go out there and beat San Francisco is pretty damn remarkable. All right, they're uh, they're rocking. I really want to see this team. I don't know if they're going to win the NFC South. I really don't. I think the Bucks are too talented, but we've also there's a lot of uh, kinks kinks in that armor, uh, mostly around. Tom Brady uh, <laughs> right now. And that's, that's a discussion that all the other major news outlets have been covering the last couple of days. I'm good on all that, but, um, but this, I got to say this Atlanta team is, is fun. I think they're very well coached and, you know, they're in a, in a rebuild and right now they're at 500 going into week seven uh, against, you know, and the, listen, the rest of the NFC South is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. The saints aren't like, you know what I mean? I, I think Atlanta could get the Saints. Panthers are bad. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of winning, you know, games. They're overachieving. I really want to see this team, you know, make a playoff appearance. I don't know if they will. Uh, I think they could. I think they have the talent to do it if they could stay healthy and upright. Uh, I think they, they could make a, at least a playoff appearance. But um, but this is really it's it's cool to see. I I, I know I know quite a few Atlanta Falcons fans. They've been they're, they've been like, eh. You know, I'm just kind of tired of this stuff, and I don't know if I can like this team anymore because of the direction they're going. Uh, and then now here we are going into week seven, and I'm just I'm enamored by what I see uh, the Falcons putting out there. It's it, it is fun and good for Marcus Mariota. I think that's that's that that for me that's because I'm like this dude's washed. He always hurt, uh, and he's playing his heart out right now. It's not like the most amazing statistics. Uh, that you ever see, he's not, you know, from a fantasy perspective, he's not like QB one every single week, but he's playing really, really smart football and showing off his, you know, what he can do and why he was the number two overall pick back in what, 2015, 26, I think it was 2015, 2016, whenever the heck he got drafted. Um, I think he's showing it off. Josh, your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons? Well, I think this, depends on your definition of what legit team means. Uh, I mean, you said it, they lost to the Saints. They lost to the Bucks already. Regardless of, like, they don't ask how, they ask how many. And this works on both the two edges for these guys. You know, they don't ask how. They don't, it, it, like, nobody's going to look and say, well, that Bucks loss doesn't count. It's still a loss in the book. Yeah, You're chasing two in your division already, even though you're at 500. They're fun. They're fun to watch. They're fun to root for. But this is the type of season that fucking buries a rebuild. You're going to end up middle of the road, not be able to get maybe that guy that could really turn the corner for your franchise. I don't think you have him on your roster under center. Mariota's fun. Uh, I have, you know, my own reservations about about a dude who gets, you know, either traded or signs with a team. And when they ask him, like, hey, are you going to start, like, you know, compete for the starting job with Derek Carr? And he's like, nah, bro. I'm a backup. You're not a winner in my mind. Like, yeah, listen, I'm coming into it. I'm coming in to be a backup, but I'm going to push for that dude's job every single day. That's a winner. A dude who's just like, Nope, I'm a backup. I'm good. Now you find yourself starting and having a little bit of success. But again, are you doing enough to keep the job? Probably not, but you're doing enough to put the franchise behind a rebuild. 
Um, they are. They're fun to watch. But I don't think – I think the best they can hope for is to go three three in the division. They're, they're, they, they're going to and probably should beat the Panthers twice yeah. because we all know the train wreck that's going on there. But I don't know if they beat the Saints, and I don't know if they beat the Bucks. There's one thing in the NFL that is a tale as old as time. And despite Tom Brady's kinkiness or lack of kinkiness and his failing marriage, Tom Brady figures it out. He will always find a way to figure it out and be competitive when it matters the most. And I don't think you overtake them. I, I just don't think there's enough. And I, I do. I really like the Falcons. Uh, shout out to those to the red helmet throwback look last week. Beautiful. That was fucking sexy. Holy shit. But, you know, that's one of those things that you look at and you're like, okay, so here's this guy, like, here's this team that's doing enough if you, like, if you don't make the playoffs and you end up at that, what, nine and eight mark, again, you're probably a middle, middle of the pack draft order team. What you really accomplish, you're not bad enough to get a good player, but you're not good enough to have made the playoffs. So if you sit around that mark and you don't squeak in, why? <laughs> that's, and unfortunately, like, if you're not going to win this year, you got to plan to win next year. And right now you're not doing either all that well. Right. I guess that's my issue with it. Like they're, I don't, I don't necessarily consider anybody they've played and or beaten to be quote unquote legit. The Seahawks are better than advertised, but they're still not a good team. The 49ers are hot and cold. I mean, we'll come out and watch them hang 40 on someone next week. And the following week they'll score 12 again. Cause they're playing on Thursday night football. Um, <laughs> You know, it's just it's it's hard to get a feel on a lot of this stuff because there's a lot of middle of the road football happening. So I don't know if they can sustain their success. And I think if they do, it means they're a 500 team. But because we can't go 500, they end up nine and eight or eight and nine, and kind of in the in just off season purgatory again. Right. You know what? Another team that this this Falcons, you know, reminds me of uh, 2017 Jets. Which is a, a like one of the like a, a team that I actually kind of adored. It was when they they just scrapped everything. They threw a bunch of players together, and they won some games. And they had the Patriot. I remember they had the Patriots on the ropes. It was Josh McCowan at quarterback, Austin Safarian Jenkins at tight end, uh, and a bunch of like Isaiah Crowell at running back, and just a bunch of just random like pieces together. But they're finding some success. You're probably right. Um, we don't have the best metric on that, you know, on that, but, um, I, I don't think any of us plan on them being three and three at this point, which you no know is, is a coup. No, is a, I, I absolutely, I had them fight for the first overall pick. Yeah. Like that's 100% where I had them is they, they were in that, in that conversation for taking, taking the next dude or having a shot at him. Right. Not drafting 18th. Yeah, um, I mean, they have Desmond Ritter. I, th- I think I don't know what the future is with Desmond Ritter, but I think he was the first quarterback taken, right, in this year's draft. It was Ritter. It. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Pickett. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see how uh, how the whole you know the the Desmond Ritter thing works, but obviously they need a lot more pieces than than just a quarterback. Uh, but I did want to give them kudos. I, I'm I'm kind of rooting for them. I every year I have that like underdog team that I want to see. Well, I guess that was Detroit, but they're really letting me down. Detroit's really letting me down. I'm yeah. kind of like I'm kind of root pump for Atlanta at this this point in time. 
So the Falcons' schedule laid out, uh, I see them going pretty much 500 again because the Bengals probably, if if things go as we think they're going, Bengals are trending up. Falcons, yeah, they're trending up, but still I would ride with Bengals. Then it's terrible Panthers, a decent Chargers team, terrible Panthers again, terrible Bears team, terrible Commanders team, uh, Steelers, who knows, you know, once again, you got Saints, then you got the Ravens, who probably would be playing better football by that time. Uh, the sucky Cardinals and then the Bucks to finish it up. <laughs> yeah, but so, it's the Cardinals with D hop, so you never know. They're gonna grab, but they're gonna grab enough wins where I think we've all said they're gonna be around that eight win, nine win mark at best. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. I think it just goes to show you that at uh, what's the phrase like franchises tank, but players don't, or something some along yeah. the lines of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's it's yeah. you. You show me a dude that says I'm willing to go out and intentionally lose. I'm going to show you a guy that doesn't belong in the fucking league. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I hundred percent agree. So that's where I stand with that. Um, and I'm glad. I, I love to see the unexpected. You know, I really do. It it, it would suck for the Falcons probably long term. I'm not sure what the upcoming draft class looks like as far as positional strength and and whatnot. From what I understand, it's a pretty strong quarterback. Uh, it's a decently strong quarterback class. Um, so, some big names coming up, but uh, I, outside of that, I really I, I'm not I'm not certain. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, it would be it would be impressive if the Falcons this Falcons team found a way to just fuck up the entire rebuild for the Atlanta Falcons. That would be a very Atlanta thing to do. That, <laughs> yeah, I'm all for that. That'd be like, like blowing a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we put we put as bad of a team as we could out here, plus Cordell Patterson, <laughs> and shit, we almost made the playoffs. <laughs> Man, we're 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 just setting up. We're taking. We're gonna get a top five, top ten pick. Oh shit, we just we we're wild carded this year. I love it. I love it. I really do. All right, gentlemen. Discussion topic number three. I'll kick this one off. All right, so the Patriots. Uh, have been on an interesting, very fun little role uh, lately underneath quarterback Bailey Zappi, who is apparently, uh, I was corrected last week, he's a fourth-round draft pick. All right. I know there was talk about the Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott controversy. Uh, We may have put, I'm sure we put that to rest. You just, uh, I wanted the Cooper Rush story to continue, but uh, alas, Dak Prescott, forty million a year guy. Uh, you kind of got to roll with that. However, for the New England Patriots, watching uh, Bailey Zappi play, he had a, a stellar game uh, against the Browns. He kept them. Uh, he helped the Pats go to overtime against the Packers several weeks ago, and he also um, Zappi did enough to you know um, he, they shut out the Lions in the previous week. Zappi. 24 34, 309 passing yards, two touchdowns. All right. Granted, I get it. It's, it's the Browns, but the Browns defense is actually pretty good from what I've been, uh, from what I've been sold. Uh, I, th- I feel like, you know, if, if the Cooper Rush hot hand continued, that you still have to go to Dak Prescott. But, um, but I don't know if Mac, especially the way he's played this year, 
last year, I, I loved watching Mac Jones play. This year, it's been a little painful. I think you got if you're the Patriots, I think you're it's it's you got to roll with Bailey Zappi. I, I I would imagine playing that well. I can't remember the last time, and I, I could be mistake you know mistaken on, on the in the long rangeness, but. You know the the last time that Mac Jones put up a performance, uh, three you know of of three hundred and nine yards. I I really don't know because I haven't watched a whole lot of Mac Jones this year. It's been sad. It's been relatively disappointing uh, to watch. Again, I have a couple of Patriots friends at work, and uh, they love it. They're they're happy um, with that, and they're like, oh wow, yeah. They, I didn't think about what happens when Mac Jones come back. You know, it, it it's gonna be a tough decision. Whatever whatever they have to do i feel because uh the pages have always been really good about having backup quarterback play but um but you know that if one takes over you know whether if it mac goes back to the top of the chart or zappy kind of bumps him out there's going to be a lot of trade interest there for whoever the backup quarterback is uh but i think for the patriots in this situation uh again two straight wins two pretty damn good wins. Uh, and, and again, pushing the Packers, which I guess in hindsight doesn't look as great because it's the Packers, but, um, but pretty astounding. I, I think you got to roll with the hot hand here in Zappy. Um, Cause this dude's making the, uh, the most of his, uh, most of his situation. He's uh, I don't know. The, the Patriots just seem dead in the water with Mac at the, at the, the first like three weeks of the season. Uh, and they, they just they seem to come alive right now. Uh, I, they're catching they're catching my eye. I'm I'm no, starting to notice them a bit. Jaws, what uh, what do you think? So, rolling with Zappy is the answer, but there's no way that Mac Jones doesn't start when he comes back. And I think that's for the sole purpose. I uh, we're we're not talking about Dak Prescott, the four hundred million dollar man here. We're talking about a second-year guy who you've kind of shown you don't really trust him in big situations, but at the same time, like, are you saying, I'm not saying they trust Zappy more. I mean, we we saw something similar with the Mike White situation, right? He came out, he lit it up a couple times, yeah, and then he came back to earth. So I don't think there's any any narrative out there that, aside from maybe in Patriots camp, like the fandom, saying like, oh my God, he's the second coming of Tom Brady. No, he's not. Calm down. Um, one, because there's only one Tom Brady, and two, because there's no way you got two of them. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. I refuse to believe it. But, yeah, yeah you, you, you go back to Mac Jones, and in two to three games, if he's, even in a game, if he's just not getting it done, it's a hairpin trigger. Like, we, we have a sample size of this other kid getting it done, doing a good job, and putting up numbers. All right. So our starter comes back. I, you know, we show that, you know, you, you got hurt. You're not losing your job because of an injury, but now you understand that there's a bar because the guy behind you has set it. So you come back, you reach the bar or you're going to reach the bench. And I think that's a bill Belichick move. 100%. You know, you, you give the dude the shot, his shot again, say listen this is the expectation you've got to start putting numbers up you got to start making plays for us or we're putting the kid back in but you have to give mac jones his job back because losing your job to an injury is something that basically puts your entire locker room on notice of 
play scared because if you get hurt, the next guy's taking your job. Yeah. No, like it, it, it's it's a shitty thing to do to say it is not your fault that you got hurt. And who's to say that if you were healthy, you didn't have similar performances against these two teams. Right. But now going forward, we expect better performance because that's what we're used to now. And there it is. That's all Drew, I got to say. Drew, about Drew that. Bledsoe would like a word about that. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe oh, would shit. like a word about that. No shit, but we're like he he was out long term, and we're talking about you know lost his job to a guy who took his team to a Super Bowl. Right. So if you're going to lose your job to an, to an injury, that's that's it. That's it. Yeah. You lose your job to the guy who won the Super Bowl. Brian, so, what about what are you thinking about uh, Zappy or Mac? I love the Hilltopper, Bailey Zappy. Came from Western Kentucky. He is the all-time single-season passing yards and touchdown leader in college football history. Right. He beat out Joe Burrow's year, year right? Yeah. Yeah. He's He had an amazing year that year, and some of those traits translate. And the question will continue to be just, is game speed going to be okay with him? And I don't know two games in, I think we got a decent enough sample size to say he's at least in the batter's box, ready to just step in. And if, if that first, that would be the odd tech circle. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks coach. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's, he's ready to go once Mac messes up and I don't know. Has Mac ever showed that he can make those tough like throws where it's like you got to beat a coverage with velocity? And I don't, you don't think he ever will. Like that's not Mac Jones's game. He doesn't have a terrible arm, but at the same time, I mean, Zappy can really push the ball. He's a big dude. He's got a lot of girth that he can use to uh, whip that thing around. So they're just built. Yeah. And uh, I think. Jaws already said it that he's just he's he's teed up ready to go as soon as Mac doesn't show that he he can give an edge because they're gonna need an edge if they want to be competitive this year you got to have an edge it's not in the run game forget that 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 is over your the years of you having a running game that you can rely on when your quarterback's having the odd off game you don't have that this year your O line is garbage your running backs are average and you won't be able to lean on that anymore. So you'll have to figure out how to move the ball. Mac Jones with that receiver core, I would think they're closer to picking first than the Falcons will be. What? Hot take. Hot take. I love it. Real spicy. Real spicy. I actually don't think it was that hot because it's just like if they can't play, if he can't be a, a good enough quarterback play, how many teams are they going to be able to beat? I agree. Yeah. That is for sure. All right. Uh, Jaws, we're going back to you to kick this one off. All right. Bait, uh, no, no, not that one. Uh, football revival in New York City. All right. Thoughts on the Jets and Giants winning with very, very underwhelming quarterback play. So, first off, I'm going to give a shout-out to my, uh, my radio host partner with this one. Back to me! I'll explain that joke later. Uh, I hope he listens because now he knows. I'll, now he's, he's going to know I'm just kind of making fun of him. But uh, listen, the, the the football revival, revival, revival in the Big Apple. It's fun for now, man. It really is. I'm enjoying it. Um, I 
it's fun for now because the Giants want one losses already in division, which that's your bar, right? Easiest way to easiest way to make the playoffs is to win the division. You already got one L. You haven't played the Eagles yet. That's going to be tough. We'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, you beat the Packers, who the more we talk about the Packers, the more we realize they are very, very overvalued because of the Aaron Rodgers uh, factor. And the Ravens have been stumbling. Good win. Still a good win. Love it. All for it. I don't know how much longer it lasts. You have at least three tough division games coming up. You'll find, you might find a way to lose to Carson. Who knows? Uh, and then the Jets. I mean, they beat up on, my, on, again, a way down Packers team. And then they beat Miami with their third quarterback. After you play Denver this week, you got the Bills, the Pats, or the Pats, the Bills, and the Pats, I think is that order. Um, we're we're going to find out how much football got revived in those three games. Because if the Pats still play well, and they can, or, you know, if they're well coached and they can scheme well against you, it's going to be two tough ones. And then you got the Bills, who right now are one of, if not the best team in football. They're, they're, one, they're 1A, 1B with the Eagles right now. Best team in football. That's that's your that, that's the bar, boys. That's the measuring stick. We're going to find out how much football is revived in one half of New York. Sorry, in New Jersey. Football in New Jersey. That's all I'm saying. It's New Jersey. Anyway, um, I, it's going to be fun. It's fun while it lasts. I'm rooting for Brian Dable. I really am. Um, I don't think... I think the magic fizzles out this year, but I think it's a great start of things to come in New York for them. Uh, I'm still, I'm not sold on the Jets. And I'm not going to be until they prove, like, the Jets are the Browns of the AFC East. You're the Jets until you prove to me that you're not the Jets. And we're not there yet. Right. We're, we're getting there, but we're not there yet. You said, it, you said it in the question itself with subpar quarterback play. Subpar quarterback play doesn't last long in the NFL as far as team success goes. It's true. It's true. Brian, your thoughts on uh, uh, on the Jets and Giants' successes this year? Yeah, unfortunately, two teams that, while having good seasons, I haven't had a chance to watch them. They haven't really been featured in my market, and I'm not one of those crack streamers, and maybe someday I'll get there. I just got to get a laptop. I don't mind catching an awful case of CPU gonorrhea. Um, <laughs> I think... I think I, if I'm if you were to say, here's a hundred dollars, you're gonna place money either on the Giants to continue their winning ways or the Jets to continue their winning ways. I'm actually gonna lean Jets. Oh, and the reason being, okay, I think between Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, or, um, Garrett Wilson, right? What am yes. I blanking <laughs> for the Ohio State wide receiver? Yeah. Um, that offensive line is good. Like I, they 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 kept Joe Flacco up right for the most part. You know what I mean when he had to be in, and the fact that those wins did come with a very very bad quarterback in Flacco. Like he's not a good quarterback now, but they made it work. I think Salah's system is a little proven that his defense is a good modern day defense to limit big plays. They make you earn it. You know what I mean? You, there's there's not a lot of freebie plays against that defense. So I think I would bet money that they can hang it around and maybe mess up and get into the wild card, maybe. But the Jets, the Jets, 
And once again, uh, it, the, the main word is quarterback. So Zach Wilson could mess that up real quick. He real certainly quick. could. I think at this point, though, he has a better upside than, than Daniel Jones. The, there's no upside to Daniel Jones. No, we've seen it. We he's he's hit his ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lower low level game manager at that. I, I think we've seen it. Uh, the, the Giants are winning games mostly because of Saquon Barkley, uh, who we've you know I think we've discussed. Uh, we we might have touched on a little bit here and there, but um, Saquon and then their defense is playing good. They're just finding fun, creative ways to 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 get the ball moving. They're they're edging out teams. You know what I mean? The Ravens have kind of been a second half disaster all season long. Uh, you know, the, the Giants squeaked one past the Titans uh, back in week one. Uh, but I am excited. Listen, I was in New York City a couple years ago uh, during the heat of summer. It was 4th of July weekend. And uh, walking around New York City, it was really, really cool um, to see – uh, you know, how much they love the Giants. The Giants have been kind of bad for a little while. Um, you know, to, this is a couple years. I think it might be a year or two after their wild card round appearance. But things were trending downwards. But Saquon Barkley was everywhere. It was the new rook. Saquon Barkley posted up everywhere. Big billboards, electric billboards, storefronts, everything. His jersey was everywhere. And I think it's really good for New York City. Like, the, as much as I hate, like, these big city uh, kind of just just arrogance. I think it's really cool, good, cool and good for like a place like New York City to have um, a, a good sports team, right? Like it, it, they've been kind of really bad, right? The the, the Rangers. Uh, I don't follow hockey all that much. We don't really hear too many good things. You know, the Yankees are on the up and uh, you know staying pretty consistent. They're in the playoffs, doing pretty good right now, but. Um, be good for them to have a, a, a good football team because both those teams, uh, you know, the Giants were one of the you know one of the older NFL franchises, and um, and and the Jets are an AFL original. I think it's really good for them to to have that. Uh, I'm a little bit more certain, you know, I seen it somewhere said that the Jets are winning games like uh, like the 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 49ers used to. You just don't know how, but somehow they're putting up points. Somehow they're getting wins, and it's. I think it's it's really cool to see. However, I do have more faith in, in the Giants um, based on everything. If the Jets, you know, the Jets could put together a pretty interesting year, make things interesting down the stretch with a with a uh, being in the hunt until the last quarter of the season. You never know. I don't want to go that far, but uh, I mean, so far so good, right? Four and two, four and two. Who would have predicted? Yeah, it's it's the Paul Rudd clip. <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. who would have thought? <laughs> so, but to me, the Giants have been a little bit more, just a little bit more electric, um, in that regard. But I'm I I am happy for both, right? Right, I am very happy for both squads because they've been the bottom feeders for a long time. Yeah. Um, I'm actually excited. I mean, it probably won't be good, but I'm actually excited to see the Jets and how they match up with the Bills. They're they're always so weird, right? There's times where they put out like a, a defensive show. I remember a couple of years ago standing outside with a group of friends and we we're watching the Bills Jets game, and uh, the Jets defense didn't give up a touchdown. It was a bunch of field goals to, to, yeah. for Tyler Bass, but um, they kept things interesting. It was a this back and forth thing, and I, I, I think despite a lot of the injuries that their head coach. 
uh, Robert Sala has done a pretty good job preparing everybody um, in, in, in stepping up. And I, I think it shows. So I'm actually really excited to see how they match up with Buffalo uh, defensively. Uh, I don't know how that offense is going to move the ball against the the Bills defense when the time comes, but uh, there is a lot of curiosity on my end to see how it, tra- it pans out. But right now, a little bit more sure of uh, of who you know of, of what the Giants can do. Um, right now, they're playing like a playoff team, and uh, especially with the way the NFC East, or just not just the NFC East, but the NFC in whole is. Yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of mystery right now. There's a lot of mystery right now. There might be, I mean, they're probably one of three or four teams that I'm like, that I feel like I have a good gauge on, right? That I feel like, okay, they're pretty good. You know, right now it's limited. Right now it's the Vikings. It's the Eagles. Dallas, I I mean, Dallas, I would say. And... Well, it would probably be the Giants. I mean, we don't know what the NFC West squads are like. Seattle's keeping it fun. The NFC South is a, again a, is a mess. Uh, all those teams. I, I I think that the Giants might should be and might be are, you know one of the top four best teams in the NFC conference right now. Yeah, yeah. they they definitely play defense. You know what I mean, and and that's going to give you a chance in every game. They they're they're playing very sound defense right now. No, they are, and it's uh, it's it's to definitely to their benefit. Um, all right, it is just you and I now, Brian. Uh, Joss's phone died, so we got to run through this. Oh, man but... unit, you failed us. <laughs> so we got we're gonna go through question uh, this final question on a row. All right, so the Eagles remain undefeated after six games. All right, they've done some they beat some impressive teams, but right now they are unbeaten. Good on them. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad it's showing. I'm glad that the guy who harassed me on our Facebook page about how the Eagles, he was a Cowboys fan about how the Eagles and Jalen Hurts are going to be irrelevant. Um, had it, he probably didn't eat crow, but he probably should uh, after, after last night or Monday night or Sunday night football, excuse me. Uh, which remaining team on the schedule of the Eagles has the best shot at knocking them off. All right. I'll read off the schedule, the remaining schedule. Um, they are on a bye this week. They come back Sunday, October 30th to play the Steelers at home. They play the Texans on the road. They play the uh, Commanders at home, the Colts on the road, Packers at home, Titans at home, Giants on the road, Bears on the road, Cowboys on the road, Saints at home, and uh, and the Giants at home to close the season. It's a pretty like it's a, it, it this is a pretty fair like schedule where it would not surprise me if this I mean they're not going to do it but if this team finished off like 14 and 3 15 and 2 mm-hmm. Eve or perfect I mean for Christ's sake look I mean look at the strength the schedule So we're looking at week 7's the bye so week 8 9 10 11 so in week 12 when the Packers come to town, that's the first one. Now, yes, I've watched the Packers. I know they have serious issues, but that coach has done nothing but win. Aaron Rodgers has done nothing but win. They are not that bad on defense. Still, like I don't, they're that's not an issue right now. It's the offense. Yeah, 
so ugly game things happen maybe it's muddy you know what I mean? rainy cold who knows right there's factors and it evens the playing field enough that's the first one that i circle and go i could see the the packers went in there would i want to bet it no but that's a that's a good one i also think the titans in the following week for almost the exact same reason which is i think they can still play pretty decent defense Vrabel's done a great job with that team Steady quarterback, not great at all, but he can be steady. And maybe a Derrick Henry game. I wouldn't predict it against that defensive line. My goodness. No, the, I know. Guys, Jordan Davis, their their pick, the massive giant in the middle. He hasn't he hasn't even figured it out yet. <laughs> they keep saying he's he's like he's like maybe like seventy percent there on like how to actually play his position in the NFL. I know. Is, it is impressive. Um, and then Giants. That, that and the Giants. If they can get out of that three-week stretch, then I have no reason to think that they can't beat the Cowboys again or or take down the Saints. You know what I mean? Right. No, without a doubt. I think, yeah, that's probably a decent stretch. I, there's people that, I mean, I, I've seen people that say the Colts can do it. I want to see them be more consistent. Uh, I, I want to see, see them be a lot more consistent before I make that judgment call. I'm out on the Packers, but I think the Titans and Giants probably have the best shot. I, I don't know. I want to see this Cowboys team at full strength. Their offense has struggled. We don't know what the team looks like with 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 Dak yet. Um, they just they just have no clue. But to me, I think it's the Giants or the Titans, right, at this point in time. Tannehill's been playing pretty good ball. Um, but Phillies, you know, they're – Again, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Um, this reminds me of the 2017 team, the Super Bowl winning team, but a lot more oomph, a lot more fun, a lot more flash, a lot more big names uh, involved. And I, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, good for Philly, right? Good for Philly and their fans. But, um, yeah, right now I'm sitting with Titans, Titans maybe, and then the Giants. I I don't know too much about anything, uh, any other opponent though. I really don't. Commanders aren't a threat to me. Texans aren't really a threat. Steelers hit or miss. Yeah, because like they have, they have like a top five offense and a top five defense. So in order to get a loss their way. You need to find a team with a quarterback who can elevate their play for at least one game and be able to score enough points to take them down. Because I think this year going forward, you have to score 24 points or more to beat the Eagles in almost every game. They're going to, that's the kind of offense I think they have. Yeah. That trade for AJ Brown, I mean, we did it on draft day. We talked about it. That's like, what a home run pick. It made so much freaking sense. So, good tight end, decent running backs. They got a great – actually, I mean, having Smith, you know, as the number two. Yeah. And take up off is just – that D-line. That D-line might be, besides the Bills, this, that's the, the best defensive line in football. I, I certainly could agree. Um, you get a lot of pressure and making a lot of things happen. But – all right, that is a wrap on this week's episode. Those are our five discussion topics for the day. Uh, thanks, Josh, for popping in. Sorry, your phone um, your phone died. 
apologies, but, uh, but that is it. Brian, thank you, my man, as always. And uh, to the listeners, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. Look at the